The Hawks' stellar first quarter seemed a distant memory as Brisbane slowly but surely seized control of the game, ultimately running out 19-point winners. And so Hawthorne heads into the bye with five wins, six losses, and plenty of question marks. We'll get to some of those here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who made the trip north. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. Look at the tan on me. Ah, yes. A nice visual citation to kick off the podcast. <laughs> Listeners will like that. Yeah, well, it's relevant, because I don't think Roughhead would do too well up there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Did you not arrive on time, perhaps? I mean, because the first quarter was going fine, and then what happened? You, you strolled in a bit late, and then the curse was in full effect. <laughs> You're such a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was there. It's I'm, not a curse. It doesn't have these things are not real. That's not. We'll explain Mason's multi and the Friday night stuff. Oh, you're, you're willing so, to buy into that? It's actually I got, I got the nine. That is ridiculous. Paid for the trip, watching Melbourne, missing that last minute twice. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, made all my frustrations with Hawthorne just fade away. Now, before we get into the game, let's get to some social media stuff because Tiz has plenty to say about what's happening over on iTunes. You can rate and review us there. Yeah, what happened? I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> we surged ahead to 156 ratings, which all too conveniently... Took us past all the, all <laughs> the, the stats. players, and <laughs> we don't need to delve into the history this week because there's no player that's played 156 games precisely or kicked 156 goals precisely, Tiz. Magnificent. So the listeners have done that well, if that's their intention there. <laughs> it was a huge jump from last week, so we thank you for for that uh, let's get to some reviews eh? let's read out some of these we've got uh, we heard from the Hawthorne three-peat great work enjoying the podcast and detailed game analysis on a weekly basis looking forward to listener replay of the 1989 grand final on the small projector I'll bring the beers I like Robo 2.0 Ricky for the Brownlow 100 bucks Ooh. or Tom Mitchell for Norm Smith really $150 <laughs> hello imagine the latter I am imagining it yeah. even to have him back would be the yeah. real reward in itself, wouldn't it? Anyway, this is obviously before the game on the weekend. <laughs> Leah Bella. Love this podcast. So much fun to listen to. Love the updates and talk about the Hawks. Always love listening every week. Thank you very much for that, Leah Bella. And we heard from Ollie Scott as well. Funnier than Hawker in a hovercraft. <laughs> Jeez, remember those halcyon days. Uh, um, well, not so much, eh? Not so much halcyon days, but uh, let's leave it at days. It reminds uh, me of the blues. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. They used to have a hovercraft all the time out they at Eddie did, Hatch. They did. Just another thing they pinched from us that failed. <laughs> um, I get all the stats. Oh, that is so rough. <laughs> I, look. It happened. Oh. I love Brendan Bolton. Not Let as me rough just... as keeping him in the presser. <laughs> That's true. I get all my stats that matter, selection conjecture, and news from the Stangers. They're not afraid to tell it like it is. Well, clearly, you've just seen it there. And still find time to bag the opposition. That's two from two. The boys know their stuff about our beloved Hawks, a must-listen pod. Thank you so much for that review, Ollie Scott. All of those five-star reviews, Tiz. Great fun. And uh, we have Twitter as well, as always, at Hawk Talk Pod. This was a loss where we really needed each other, Hawks fans. <laughs> and over on Facebook too, facebook.com slash Pod. Now, with that said, let's get into it, Tiz. There's a lot to unpack here. Gee, we promised a lot early, didn't we? We were so close to getting it to that 30-point margin. We only lose 2% of the time. And mm. we've already done that once this year against the Dogs. So we would have been set. <laughs> One more goal in that first quarter. It's all over. Alas, the scoreboard reads Brisbane 12 13 85 defeated Hawthorne 10 6 66. That explosive first quarter tier is maybe our best all year, and just to be undermined when it became all too familiar for Hawks fans, lapsing into this lazy, uninspired football we've seen so often. Talk about deja vu. It's exactly what happened the year before, except we were more accurate this year with our kicking. But it was we were good in the first quarter, and then they worked out that. Our attack, mm-hmm. they played their defense mode perfectly. Harris Andrews did whatever Andrews, Harris Andrews wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then we just found out by the end. You look at the disposal count, we've got 13 more in the first quarter. Then we're down by six in the second, right? They've mm-hmm. come back into it. Yep. The third, down by 41 Ooh. disposals. Ouch. And then down by 23 at the last. But we still had a chance to win that game. We did. We'd still had a chance. We were still in it. The momentum was all against us, Yep, but we had a couple of shots. I know some people will point to Mitchell Lewis for um, maybe dragging our momentum down a bit with you know, well, going for harsh. the snap. That's well, a, I think it is a bit harsh. That's about as harsh as me pointing that we got a couple of shots on when uh, Wingard went down with an injury. <laughs> 
I oh, mean, he must be frustrated. What, what Chad? Hmm. Oh, yeah, he's had a stuttering stop-start season and... No pre-season to speak of? No, nah, no. Nah. What do we do with him now? Well, you ride the season out. I just, I don't think we're going to see a significant return on him this, this season. Uh, it's just, it just hasn't worked out that way. When he has been on the park, he hasn't exactly been electrifying, but we can talk about the pre-season as well and argue for why that's the case. We finally pushed him into the midfield. Yes, which I actually quite liked. Yeah. but well, um, we had to. Well, yes, that's we were true. getting killed in there in the third quarter. That Jared Lyons was excellent. Mm. And I think there should be an inquiry into how he, just how he got to Brisbane over the summer. <laughs> in any case, Edward said, why is it that even after a good lead at the end of the first quarter, I knew we'd lose the game? You well, do. that's why you take counselling. Um, no, <laughs> I think it's a very realistic attitude to possess. I don't a, think so. You don't think so? What after we we go win loss win loss win loss the entire season? I was totally up and about. I was thinking, well, Brisbane, what have they got in the tank here? They're just taking the longest trip to Frio, lost by a point, devastating. Oh, look, yeah, that there is that side to it. I don't begrudge it. They can't attitude run out here. the game. There's also made four changes to the lineup. Usually, yep. that doesn't bode too well for a team. Yes, no, I agree with all these points. And However, Hawthorne just what did they think they had it won? What happened? I don't know. I just, I just want to point out that on the flip side, you know, we're not a dependable club. We haven't been all season. Our win loss record we're reflects that. We're not a consistent that. club. Yeah. Well, we've got. I mean, surely the two are related. Well, we've got some de- dependable players, yes, but the outcome—you you can't back us. It's like I said last week. I can't back us into be favourites anymore. I'm not going to do that. Do I think we can win week to week? Yeah, sure, but I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to say we start favourites. Yeah, we don't seem to be covering the line anymore either, which is something we were famed for in our uh, Halcyon days, mm. the last five years. So, uh, I don't know. Are we still travelling with them, Nick? Are we going to go anywhere with watch the Hawkers? Well, you wanted to go to uh, to Canberra. To well, see we've already next... done the GWS. Obviously, they're terrible. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh... They only just beat Carlton the other week. <laughs> just scraped by, you reckon? And uh, Gold Coast hung in a long time. Hmm. You're still wanting to make that trip to Canberra to watch them? Absolutely. Oh, come on. Come on, a bit of circle work never hurt anybody. <laughs> The Fishman, I feel there is a great disconnect between the game plan and how our players interpret and execute it. We look dangerous at certain times and impotent at others. Four games we've been in control and only to lose them. Two by five points and the others by 19. Mm. It's interesting. Well, this is my question. Is First quarter, you come out firing. Well done, Hawks. Looking the goods. Second quarter, Brisbane inevitably worked their way back into it. They had it figured out. They changed some things. They lifted. What happens after half time? What, what do you reckon Clarko is telling the guys? Because it didn't, that, it didn't matter what Clarko told the guys. They weren't getting their hands on the pill in the centre. But there are plenty of times in that third quarter where you're seeing these old familiar hallmarks of Hawthorne's worst stuff where you're bombing it long and there's no forward line to speak of. Well, we were and, trying to get more men around the ball to try mm, and actually win it back. And as soon as we just won it happening. back... We had no targets up the line. Yep. I'm not sure where Mitchell Lewis was for a great portion of that third quarter. He went quarter. missing. There's no doubt about it. But, I, you know, that's going to happen with the young forward. He I, I, worked I mean, over. Gunston was the one for me that I felt was either just bullied out of the game hmm. or badly employed. Uh, I tend to think that he was employed differently from last week, only as a, a symptom of Scrimshaw being out of the side. He was going to have to be used differently. Uh, 16 touches, 56.3% disposal efficiency is not really anything to write home about, is it, Tiz? But wouldn't you just back him up in the forward line there just to bring the ball to ground? Or Yeah, well, that's what I would do. He was on fire last week, and then yeah. all I could see was him on the wing trying to be the meet in the middle. Yep, he was the Mr. Fix-It guy once again, which you know where he wants to play. We know where he's best by now, but we refuse to do it this week for some reason. Not only that, but... Uh, if you're the opposition coach, you'd be pretty happy to see Gunston that far away from goal. Oh, absolutely. What a let-off. Jago Amira wasn't as good as he usually is again. Two touches in the last quarter, along with Ricky Henderson, who also only got two. Is there a bit of fatigue? Maybe they're looking at the bye at that point? Maybe. He still had five clearances, five inside 50s, 11 tackles and a goal assist. I think he still had some impact, but you're right in saying he was a bit down again. Uh, that second half is pretty much deplorable. Mm. Um, lack of effort, as far as I was concerned. Well, I mean, he's got a lot of mates in that department. Uh, I mean, not not just him. Not sorry. just Jager, I mean, the, 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 across yeah, the, the board. If you have a look at 
the disposal count. You can see that only Warple and Sicily really stood up with Timmy O'Brien. Well, let's talk about Warple briefly. Uh, I felt it was a big factor in this game. Collecting 25 touches, disposal efficiency returned to a pretty healthy figure this week, Tiz, which is good to see. He's been uh, down in the 50s for most weeks, and now he's back to 76%. Three clearances, five tackles, seven inside 50s, the most of the team. And our highest meters gained? There you go. 550. But the surprising thing for me was Burgoyne. I didn't expect him to have the impact. Old man Burgoyne still with a few tricks up his sleeve? It was it was great to see, actually. That celebrated skill for bending time and space came back again. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought he was too slow to bend time any longer, but uh, <laughs> he did it. He did it wonderfully well, and his DE was uh, disposal efficiency was up, up in the high eighties. Mm. So it, there's a little bit to be excited about there. S- six rebounds from defensive fifty, six one percenters, including those smothers, which yeah. two of them resulted in goals, which is fantastic. Yeah, they were critical, but he also kicked a goal. Is it healthy to have such a dependency on Sean Burgoyne at this? Well, I, I don't know if it's a dependency as such, but you don't want him to be in your best, do you? Ideally. Why not? He's out in the team. Everyone, you want them to play their best. He's not going to be in the team for much longer. We should probably look for someone to fill well, whatever role what, he's playing. There's no one pushing him out at this stage. Well, that's true enough. It's as I said about Puopolo last week. You're completely correct. And what did you think of Pitnet? He did fairly well in the ruck. No sense to not stick with him. I mean, we've got no choice anyway. It has to be Pitto and Siggs. Uh, I mean, he's fine. He doesn't really do much for me, personally. There are only 16 hitouts to advantage throughout the whole match, which split 9-7. to seven Okay, well, that's something. To Brisbane. Yeah. So, not really a big impact there. No. We also won the free kick differential. I thought we had the rub of the green in that first quarter. And, uh, obviously... They tried to level that up. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they eventually addressed that, you felt like, as the game wore on. We got our best accuracy on goal, 59%. Yeah, it's fine when you're having shots on goal, but they dried up very quickly, didn't they? They did. The strange thing is, even though we had less disposals, we still had the higher pressure points throughout the whole game. Mm. In fact, our pressure points for the first quarter and the last quarter are identical. Okay. I'm not sure when the fishman says we're not executing the game plan or they're getting the wrong interpretation of it. Mm. It's uh, it felt like they worked us out when Hodgie was just marking everything and so and just redistributing it to a free man. Well, I mean that that just is indicative of how everything shifted and how everything broke down for us is that that is able to happen for them now, whereas before it wasn't at all. And and, and Hodge Hodge was looking like he was a bit second rate at one point. He was that first quarter. I exactly. thought, oh, gee, must be thinking. Playing for Hawthorne still. <laughs> but uh, where does the problem rest? I mean, I, I would like to think that it's that, you know, we've got some young players out in the park and the message is not always sticking. Because if it's the message, if it's the strategy itself, then I'm a little bit worried about Clarko. <laughs> because where is this game being lost, especially after half time? That third quarter, is it the players not executing or is it they're following directives and the directives are shite? We gave up our lead very, very easily. I, look, that'll happen. Sometimes a game will turn on you. It's how you respond. And after half time, we didn't do anything. We, we went back into our shells and, and we just had no answer. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I just want to know where that comes from. I'm happy for it to be, look, the, this playing group uh, you know, is being really tested uh, and, and they lose focus. They don't have the attention. Also, they're not benefiting from any consistency with personnel. I mean, the fact is, you know, we've had McAvoy being injured. He's out of the side. Then the next week, you know, you've got uh, Scrimshaw that gets injured and now Wingard's out of the team. But so See, many teams are like that. I know I know, so many teams are, but for, for a team that's looking to get out of this middle-of-the-road mire, some uh, consistency with who's out in the park to perfect things would be pretty ideal, obviously, you know. So rarely does the ideal actually eventuate. But I don't know. I hope it's the players and not the coach, Tiz. I don't think it's the coach. I think it's the talent in this side. And and there's a lack of concentration from a few of the younger boys at critical moments Mm. that just... It just broke our momentum. Mm. Every time we looked like going anywhere, there'd be a failed attempt or... There were some elementary errors that were happening on the other side. I mean, Robin's, Robbo, or whatever his name is, was giving us free kicks like we wouldn't believe. Mm. But then he was going in harder at the ball than some of our players as well. Can we talk He's about... He's a very uh, strange player, Robbo. He is. 
Can we talk about Connor Glass, please? Running at 90.9% disposal efficiency. So he's using the footy well enough, but tis, in my mind, when the game gets tough, he doesn't look like he can hang right now. Uh, he's a bit naive. Uh, un- unexperienced would be the term. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just trying to maintain possession with that 91%, you see. So he he gained no metres and was basically anonymous. So you're saying he's not he's not meant to be a playmaker. So that's where that no, percentage is coming from. He knows from. his um, limits. He's trying to play within those, but I wouldn't have thought he'd be selected in a couple of weeks. No, I don't think so. Just those errors in all three games he's played have been glaring. So he he's done some good stuff, but it's been undermined by, you know, being in the spotlight and making major mistakes. And mistakes happen. You know, young guy, how many senior games has he played? He's played under 10, I reckon. So, I mean, these things happen, but... I mean, is there another player that springs to mind that could possibly come in and play his role? Taya Miles has played his role before off the halfback flank. That's true. Even yep. wing, and he's doing quite well in the VFL. Mm-hmm. So he'd be he'd be looking for an opportunity again. Let's talk about Tim O'Brien. Six marks, six one percenters. Reading okay at the moment. Hawthorne's number one player for contested possessions. Tis on the ground. Is that true? Yep, he had nine, the most of our team, probably including the marks. Five of his 13 touches, though, Tiz, were clangers. Ah. So there it is. Okay. So that's probably the first time Regression in this role. Regression to the mean there. Yeah, yep. that's right. He's, he's really lowered his colours there, probably for the first time since he's come back into the senior team, but something to watch, I think. Uh, I think if critics came for Tim O'Brien again, I'd probably allow it this week. That's fine. Part of me is suggesting that Hawthorne should have lost this by a lot more because they had exactly well, almost the same number of scoring shots in that first quarter yeah, and missed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if they ran at 50%, we lose pretty, pretty badly Well, I was thinking, game. as far as Brisbane's scoring shots are concerned, I was thinking at one point, this is getting a little ridiculous. Like, we're being let off the hook here, and if they start converting, we're in a lot of trouble. That's exactly what ended up happening. So, so just to illustrate the breakdown of Hawthorne's forward pushes, mm. we had two more inside 50s in that third quarter. That's unbelievable. When they when they had all their disposals, 41 more disposals than we did. Mm. So there's something there that suggests that Ruffhead might be called back in. Don't really know how to feel about that, Tiz, to be honest. Well, I mean, if he's giving a chop out to your mate, Mitch, yeah, then it could, be, it could work for us, especially mm. against Essendon, who are our next opponent. That's true, yep. And they look no good against Carlton, let's no. face it. Now, we've heard here from uh, one of our listeners, Chris Tiz. Yes, he says uh, Isaac Smith has gone to the dogs. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Oh, he's In terms like, of his playing ability. Well, <laughs> he's brought us so much joy, writes Chris, and heartache. He's referring to some certain occasions there. But he looks lost out there at the moment. Scully and Hendo have him covered, so should we trade him for picks while he still has currency? I just want to see the smirk back. <laughs> There's something a bit off with Smithy. He's got married. Very recently. He's been injured. He's only been back one game. Can we give him some time? There's some certain pressures in his personal life, I feel. So Mm. I'm not sure if he's totally concentrating on footy at the moment. He's got three medallions. It's a bit hard to keep it going. Yep. Keep the fire raging. This will be a bit of a rut that he has to work himself through. Well, it's it's sort of a wait and see thing if you want to... You know, buy or sell. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll see how Smith turns out gonna, after the buy. You're not going to get much on for Smithy on this form. I can tell you that. No, that's right. We'll see what happens. We heard from Anthony as well. After the Melbourne loss, I commented on a Hawks Facebook page that there's no point ranting and raving. We are currently just an average side, which is fine after a period of dominance. We'll have some good wins and some bad losses along the way. Just need to accept where we are at the moment. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't quite believe how well we did against GWS. That seems to be one out of the bag. Yeah, that's true. And we true. can't see, seem to see that happening every week now. But there's some real potential across the lines in this in this team. Mm. And there's some young talent there. And, I mean, if you add Tom Mitchell back into this side, yep. that is a huge amount of horsepower. Yeah, it makes a world of difference. That third quarter doesn't happen. Okay, because you're not losing the contested ball to that extent. You don't have Tim O'Brien as your number one contested possessions player on the ground. It's probably Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Well, I mean, Timmy did well. I wasn't, I wasn't at all uh, angry with Timmy. I thought he played, played his best, tried his best. I kind of agree. 
He's probably not the first player I'd look at, but anyway. Uh, he, he he keeps his spot in the team for the following week. I well, thought he's um, going to have to. I thought Stratton uh, played a good role, yep. although there were a couple of key moments where he made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen when he when he can't gel. I thought uh, Sicily, who had a hell of a lot of touches, he did. Yep, um, and made a lot of mistakes as well. He, he did make a lot of mistakes, but he was definitely hunted. Yeah, no, and, they they knew what they were doing, Brisbane. And I think psychologically, after he belted that guy in the sternum, mm. which he thankfully has received only a... What did financial you, sanction. Financial sanction. The two greatest words in the yep. English language. So, uh, so that has been financially sanctioned by <laughs> the AFL. Is that, is, that how you, is that how that works? English? Yes, and they, they do some good work, the AFL, as well. So we, we should thank them for that. Yeah, it's un, <laughs> almost, almost unnatural Can't that keep a, uh, a couple face. of them... A couple of their really bad decisions benefited me this weekend. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Lou, I, uh, what I would say about accepting where we are where we are at the moment, it's not... Look, we don't like, need to accept it. Well, it's not like waving the white want, flag. I don't want people to turn up and be like, oh, ho-hum at the football. No, you know, no, no. You know, we we want to have a bit of emotion, don't we, in the crowd? We want to have... Well, I think you can't I help. don't think we should be blaming our own players. I think it's uh, <laughs> directing... Abuse towards the umpires is probably preferable to that. Oh, geez, that's a story in itself. We'll get to that a bit later. No, I don't think you turn up to the footy and go, oh, whatever will be, will be. No, there's plenty to get excited. Tell me you can't get excited about what James Cousins did, slotting through that goal on the run. Yeah. How about that for a play? We're that gonna was have, incredible. We're going to have moments like that. You've got to remember that uh, Mitchell Lewis kicked two goals, one. That's the first time he scored multiple goals this year. He's only kicked singles before that. And he could have put us back right in the hunt, right at the last. Yep, and and again, don't criticise him for that because there's plenty of other players that don't go the drop punt from that position and Ruffy's one of them. <laughs> so there you go. If you're asking for him to be recalled, just keep that in mind. Bit, uh, bit of a stretch there, Nick. He should have kicked it and he knows it. Well, yeah, he should have kicked it, but there's plenty of other players that use the same technique. Uh, we've got to understand that Amir is going through a rough patch Yep, and we'll have to work through it. What about Jimmy Warple? Could be anything... A new Dusty, a new Sam Mitchell, which one would you prefer? Well, you know which one I prefer, the Hawthorne player. (laughs) It's pretty much as simple as that. I just want to backtrack to Lewis, though. Three marks inside 50. Yeah, I haven't seen that from a forward for a little while. Mm -hmm. So, uh, A couple of them contested. Yep. Right in front. Pretty sure all three were contested, in fact, so... Yeah, all right. (laughs) But, uh, look, there are some good things happening. Some good things happening. We heard from Danny as well, at Hawk Talk Pod... Do we park our finals aspirations and focus on development of youth? Give Ross, Moore, Hanrahan, CJ, Jones an extended run, the byproduct being a nice draft pick? Well, we're going to be getting one of the top five in the Father Son anyway, I would expect, with Finn McGuinness. Mm-hmm. So where we finish, at least we have our pick. <laughs> uh, I'm alluding to Carlton, having given theirs to Adelaide there. Yes. Yep. But look... It's a very delicate balance, and I bring up Carlton because they have overturned all of the age in their list, mm. and apart from Simpson, yep. uh, they have sort of lost an identity that Bolton was trying to give back to them, and we've got to be certain that we're not going to do a similar thing. Carlton have an identity. They're losers. Well, yeah, <laughs> but there's a certain amount of pride there from Simpson. Yeah. He's one of their highest games players mm. uh, with one of their worst winning records. Mm. Can I just put that out there? Yeah. So people that trumpet him as being in a team of the century or one of the all-time greats is just absolute garbage. But can uh, it's it's hard to judge a player by the club's results, isn't mm. it? Or else Paul Ruse would never have got a job <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, somehow he's got a job as a commentator. Oh, I thought that's where you're going with that. Well, I tell you what, I tried to listen to the replay of the first quarter. Yep. And apparently Hawthorne didn't do anything correct. No. At all. No. Even though they'd kicked five to none. Yes. Um, it was a lovely little uh, social club for the Lions ex-players. Is that yeah, what it was? It was, yeah. Well, it basically felt that way. It had talk, that vibe to it. Talk about absolute crap for the whole game. Yeah. And they were coaching from the commentary box. They were, yeah. It was absolutely terrible to listen to. It just adds insult to injury as well. It's, it was so one-eyed. Yep. Anyway. Uh, with respect to Danny's question, um, do we park our finals aspirations? Well, I think we know as of last week, you know, I shared where I was coming from and... 
I stand by it. Uh, it would be interesting to see what we can produce after the buy, but I'm, I'm not counting on anything. Well, uh, I can tell you what we'll be producing after the buy because Clarko is not going to lose to the Dons. I meant on, in a broad sense. I know we're not going to be oh, lying look- down against Essendon because we never do. You know how I said before that Hawthorne's not a particularly dependable team in 2019. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Well, you can chalk this one up as a win, can't you? That's how the pattern's gone. That's how it'll go again. Can I read out the to the end of the year? Okay, go for it. And you can respond with win, loss, oh, no. or no comment. Oh, no. <laughs> this might have backfired immediately. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Well, well, we're just trying to enhance Mason's multi. Oh, really? No, we're not. Okay, Essendon. Win. Uh, Sydney at the SCG. Oh, God, I hope we win, but... Well, that's two in a row. Yeah, I know that'd be two in a row, but I don't want to lose to Sydney at the SCG. That's our hunting ground. It might as well be our home ground advantage. <laughs> well, they're not too good at the SCG That's anyway. what I'm saying, and we are. So, uh, West Coast at the G? Uh, loss. Our first Friday night game, Collingwood at the G. I'm again. sorry, what round is that? That's round 16. Round 16, our first Friday night game. It's good, isn't it? Come on. Against Collingwood. You're delaying. Uh, we lose at the moment. Uh, Dockers in Tassie. Win. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that you, is the, that you is, had L written down. That is the worst tip. Anyway, <laughs> if we get through their defence, I will be astounded. Hang on a sec. Well, they've got to get through ours, and they're the, not the most attacking team ever. Geelong. <laughs> well, we lose to Geelong because everyone's losing to Geelong at the moment. And then we've got Brisbane again, but this time in Tassie. Based on how we're doing now, we no, nah, we're not going to win against him again. North at Marvel, uh, win. Giants in Canberra. Oh, chalk that up as a win, mate. Yeah, the, with well, us there, well, they'll turn well, it on there. for us. We're yep. there, aren't we? So, <laughs> uh, and then the Gold Coast at Marvel, which is that fantastic game we all can't wait for. And then we travel to the West for the West Coast Eagles lead into finals. Well, I don't think we're going to beat them at the G, so I don't think we win over there. So you've given us. I've given us five more five, wins. Five more wins, yeah. Ten wins for the season after a 15-win season last year. Right. So that's a fair drop-off, and that would see us just outside the 8, 9 to 13th. Well, I'll say right now, if we're not going to play finals, can we take the 13th, please, in that range? Because what's the point otherwise? Well, the point is, if you finish in the four, the mm. AFL absolutely kill you with the fixturing. <laughs> they have well and truly Roger Hawthorne, haven't they? Yeah. And even even the supporters. I mean, we've got all those Sunday games, mm-hmm. and obviously they're coming for our Tassie money. So, yep. yeah, they're, they're really going for the jugular when they know we're going to have a down period. So, mm. of course, you have three in a row. You're definitely going to have a down period. But they haven't in any way, shape, or form looked to lessen the blow of that period <laughs> or ride on the back of that success yeah. and get the crowd keep going to the games. That's right, yeah. Yeah, no, none of that. They're sending uh, people away from the game because they call the umpire green maggot, and they're sending teams to China. <laughs> Persisting with AFLX, that's privatised now. You have to <laughs> ask to play in AFLX. Is that actually happening? Apparently, it no, is. Yeah. Nah, come on, you got to have a market for it to be privatised. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a better brand of footy than AFLX. Let's talk about the VFL. Oh, absolutely. And the VFLW had two really good results, both teams winning. Uh, Box Hill Hawks, 74, defeated Williamstown, 54. Now, they uh, they steered their season back on track, Tiz. 20-point victory over Williamstown there on Saturday. Notably, third gamer Ned Reeves reigned supreme in the hitouts, winning the battle 37-28, to while Ruffy was there providing support with 22 hitouts of his own. How did Ruffy look? Was he all right? He seemed to be doing a hell of a lot of work. Well, I'll tell you right now, I didn't actually catch the game in person. I was listening via 3WBC, um, whose commentary, well, it was interesting. It was novel. It was novel? Yep. Never really heard a a football game called in such a fashion before. (laughs) (laughs) Smack. (laughs) Piece together from that what you will, listeners. Uh, It's never not entertaining, I'll tell you that. So Jackson Ross got two goals, three behinds from 11 touches. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Ned Reeves got only six touch- touches to go with his 38 hitouts. Oh, and, and four tackles. So he's a long way off, but he looks like he'll be a specimen mm. when he finally arrives. Roughhead k- missed two goals, kicked two points, uh, 17 touches, four tackles, 20 hitouts. You wouldn't expect that that would get him into the next game. They've got a bye as well. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I noticed Miles has scored two goals, which is quite good. Yeah, he was uh, charged with playing both defence and offence throughout the game as Oron, so that's a pretty good return. And Meadows is apparently making his run post the mid-season draft, so that's yes, interesting tactic well-timed. <laughs> he had his best game for the season after the mid-season draft. It's like, well, if you wanted to make a point, mate. Yeah, a little bit disappointed in, in both Mira and uh, Walker not having much impact. But, mm. but uh, Wasn't there an injury cloud over Mira? There was, but he's... Obviously, recovering from that, mm. so maybe, maybe Mira would have been a good choice on the weekend. Do you think instead of a Glass? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But he would have been a bit slower than Glass. I think they—that's definitely why they picked Glass. Had some of our listeners call for CJ to be uh, elevated and uh, pinch Glass's spot. What do you well, think of that? CJ didn't even play, did he? No. So he's uh, rested, is that right? Along with Connor Nash, who's also not on this list. I mean, Connor Nash, we should rename him the Phantom. <laughs> At this point, Perhaps, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. of course, that moniker worked well for others. So, <laughs> Can lightning strike twice is the He doesn't there. appear on the injury lists. No. Uh, no. Well, just, CJ, I don't know if he's injured either, so he just didn't play. I would say he's probably rested. He's had a long, yeah. uh, a long string of games there. Uh, Daniel Howell. Mm-hmm. Any any chance of him coming back in? I noticed that uh, Essendon deployed uh, Tagger very well against Cripps on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Who so you'd imagine would shut down O'Meara if that game was... So there's still a role for Howe in the world yep. of football. <laughs> oh, he had 21 touches, second only to Meadows, and 12 kicks, 7 marks. So he's spreading there and 5 tackles. So mm-hmm. with a goal, he couldn't, uh, couldn't ask for much more than that. Nice... Nice win in the end. Yeah, it was. That that goal from Howe, I think, sealed it as well. Good on him for finishing off that good work. And in the VFLW, which preceded the VFL game. Yeah, it was a nice little double header. The Hawks won on behinds. <laughs> Is that four right? goals, 11-35, to four goals, 2-26. Mm. Anyway, another victory. And against the Seagulls as well. Well, that makes it back-to-back for the VFLW team. That's something our AFL team hasn't done. So, I mean, we can celebrate that at least. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a real struggle at the end there. The, the Hawks girls looked like they were they were flailing and mm. uh, some big marks in defence to, to hold on to that win. Anyway, they're building some momentum. Maybe they can uh, protect their Premiership Cup. I'd love to see that. Love to be back. At, you know, that's the only reason I'd love to be back at Marvel, Diz, for another <laughs> another back-to-back shot at two premierships. That'd yeah. be pretty nice. Uh, we've got some miscellaneous news and uh, listener questions. Uh, Is this well, where we talk about bolts? Yeah, we have to talk about bolts. Hawthorne Put out, put out your bolts for bolts. <laughs> AFL.com.au reports, Brendan Bolton has coached his last game at Carlton after crisis meetings on Monday morning. The Blues felt they had no choice but to end Bolton's tenure 11 matches into his fourth season at the helm after a hefty loss to arch-rival Essendon. Ford's coach David Teague is going to step in as caretaker coach Tiz for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's fantastic of the blue faceless men down there. Brendan puts his hand up for the job nobody wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put some games into... So there's some fairly decent talent there now. So you'd imagine other people might be interested in the job. Mm-hmm. It is no longer the poison chalice that it was. And they could improve fairly heartily in the next couple of years as long as they bring in some already available talent rather than mm. trying to build it up again with a GWS second system. <laughs> we heard from one of our listeners, Nicholas Vines. What are your thoughts on having the coach have to sit there after you've been sacked? While the hierarchy talked to the media about how crap their performances has been, made me feel like, well, you know what, watching Bolt sit there. He handled it really well. And Tiz, did you watch that press conference? Cause I no, I didn't see that. He was uh, tremendous, Brendan Bolton. It was nice to see him with a smile on his face again. He was incredibly gracious. Well, I imagine a lot of the pressure's off him. And people know that the faceless men at, at Carlton are pretty bloody weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I noticed that... Um, who's the bloke who's in charge of Vizzy these days? The Pratt boy. He <laughs> said, I don't have any... I don't have any um, position and I've never held any at Carlton, uh, but I think they should go after either Lee Matthews or um, Alistair Clarkson to lead oh, the club. Oh, okay. And, uh, of course, his mother is 
on the board at the moment, and his father was the president. Mm. So, yeah, I'm sure he has absolutely no sway at the club <laughs> at all, apart from being one of the richest men in the country. So, <laughs> absolutely, it's a total basket case that Lagoudachet, or whatever his name is, <laughs> he comes out, and no one knows who quite he is, because he no. hardly talks. The invisible president. Which uh, he had to field a question about that at the, at the press conference. Did he really? Which is fantastic. Well, he lets Juddy take all the heat. Yep. And uh, what about Silvani? Yes, so it's what a lot of people on Twitter are asking. He, he what a, about Silvani? He, he had a lovely media profile at GWS. Yep. He goes to Carlton, don't see much of him. See a lot of his sons. They seem to get <laughs> in front of the cameras a lot. But I don't know. If you are, what is it, an average of uh, 12 players leaving the club every year, Mm. what are you meant to do? Let me put it this way. So Brad Scott has admitted that uh, North Melbourne failed the 666 test. Yep. Uh, You have a younger list with better talent but no-aged professionals Mm. teaching them on field at the time, and you have to... From developing for the pre six six six, suddenly change the game plan to yep. work with a six six six, and then all of a sudden you're gone before the buy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't actually seen any clubs that were worse last year get any better. Mm. Have you? Apart from Frio, which play a hugely negative game and will probably be discovered in finals if there's a goal scored and they have to. Um, have to defend yep. against this six six six, and they can't get as many men as they want behind the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd suggest that everyone below a certain level has dropped away. I mean, what well, what about the Suns? Are they are they? Well, they're they're going back to their rightful position now. Mm. Um, Brisbane, everybody saw them coming because their percentage was so good last year. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing with us. Our percentage is about fifteen to to 20% higher than the Saints. So we're not as bad as the Saints have been. That shocks me, genuinely. So <laughs> Knowing how, how much we, uh, we struggle in front of goal and struggle to get down It's not just about losing, it's how much you lose by and the manner in which you lose. We're still competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too... This is sounding a bit down, but there's, no, there's oh, real inconsistencies from some of our experienced players that's what frustrates me no i'm actually with news like this today with bolton being uh shown the door it actually gives me a bit of perspective on how much i love our club to be honest is because uh i think they're a bit of a basket case carlton so can we can we welcome bolts back well that's the question isn't it i would be happy (laughs) i had a little bit of a chuckle when i thought about uh jack russell (laughs) oh poor guy poor bastard (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, I'll come help you out, Bolts. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> um, now what? <laughs> well, Sauce, I've got all these players here, mate, and uh, well, only the good ones get injured. <laughs> <laughs> we, can we have Andrew Russell back as well? Can we take him back? Let's get uh, a two-for-one deal. Look, our, our injury list isn't too bad. No, it isn't too bad. Have you seen Melbourne's last? And GWS's is very bad as well Mm. um, in terms of their top 22 missing games. Anyway, so with all this frustration, Nick, Mm. what are we allowed to say at the games? (laughs) And is it just a knee-jerk reaction to that Adam Goods film? Oh, are we really going to go there? Well, we haven't seen it yet. No one else has seen it except for the people who are in charge. Mm. And apparently they're targeting members of the crowd now, which they haven't done before. For seemingly, I mean, Green Maggot, that's hardly... No, let's get to the story. A, a race, racial epithet. This is according to The Age. A Richmond cheer squad member was banned from sitting in the cheer squad for three matches after being found to have shouted, be consistent, you Green Maggot, in a Tigers game last month. So... Hello, big brother. Yeah, it's it's a little bit much. I'm for PC stuff, but uh, even this just sort of tests my patience a bit. A memo by the Richmond Cheer Squad said the member was ejected from the MCG during Richmond's Anzac Day Eve win over Melbourne for allegedly making a homophobic remark towards the umpire. Here we go, the plot thickens. It was later discovered the member said, be consistent, you green maggot. Oh, with an M. Rather than the other thing, yes. which would not have been okay. Yeah. And uh, nevertheless, that was deemed to be offensive and bullying. 
and they doubled down on well, it anyway and held up, upheld the ban. Well, it bloody well is offensive and bullying. Is that what we're coming to, really? Part of me knows that you need to protect the umpires, but then part of me also knows that we've had great umpires uh, like Glenn James, who took an absolute bollocking from not only players but supporters, crowds, mm-hmm. entire bays, yep. and only one umpire in the centre took it all. And, I mean, he has a Order of Australia. Mm-hmm. Fantastic fella. Kept his sense of humour. I mean, he wasn't paid in any professional capacity. He had another job as well. Are we just taking this all a little too seriously? Is it Should it not be more water for ducks back and look how carried away you're getting, sir? It's just a game rather than you're not coming to the game anymore because you can't be trusted not to hurt other people's feelings. When it gets to Green Maggot, yeah, I think that's it's getting a little ridiculous then because uh, you're not being discriminatory against any particular group. You're not being violent. Uh, it, it's just it's just passion. And where you can call it ridiculous, you can call it too much, but you don't call it a ban from a game. That's it's far too much of a punishment. And in this case, the AFL have obviously requested that the Richmond Football Club do this themselves mm-hmm. rather than being seen to impact and reach in and ban this bloke for a lot longer. Now, why is that? They don't like the optics of having this fan banned, but they... But they still want it done. They want it done, but they don't want it to be seen to be their decision, which gives you the kind of idea of what we're dealing with in (laughs) AFL House. Um, It's very slimy, isn't it? This is a mob that would uh, go to China with all their human rights... You know, there's terrible allegations there. Mm. Um, I mean, 14 bucks for a pie, for one. It's just... That's just shocking. (laughs) But they're set on making money from that kind of regime and they see it as the great golden egg um, when they could deal with plenty of other countries with just as much money, even more. But they choose not to. And I just I just find it interesting how it's just posturing. <laughs> you, you can really see it is posturing. You can really see what happened here with this particular instance of this fan being banned for a few games, where it was misheard as what could have been a pretty bad homophobic slur. And then when it was discovered what was actually said, they didn't back down. Well, I'm not. Uh, see, part of me doesn't even believe that. I believe it probably was an F rather than an M. And well, the, maybe, the maybe. AFL have agreed that without evidence, mm. with only hearsay, mm. they weren't going to ban him for a year mm. and that they would ask the club to do their own investigation and come to the decision themselves. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's being at arm's length twice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway, this is how bureaucracies work in their final days. So... <laughs> People are getting really pissed off with the AFL house. Welcome to the club. I've been annoyed all year. I mean, but I think this year in particular, 2019, I feel like really there's always room for one more when it becomes when it comes to uh, being frustrated with the AFL because it's just a legion of fans that are disappointed I'm, by I'm, this regime. I'm just really loving it because uh, the whole. See, I, I like opera as well, Nick. And there's an opera called Nixon in China, and I just, <laughs> I just feel it's like Gill in China. <laughs> I feel that's how it ends. What does it tell you when you get that many players for St Kilda on the way over to China being that sick? Well, they divide them up into three restaurants. <laughs> and then one of the restaurants obviously didn't come up to scratch. Mm-hmm. But when St Kilda then decide to play Jaron Geary, yeah, yeah. a talisman of their club, mm-hmm who has stood by them through thick and thin, refused contract offers, etc. Like Crawford for us, but less successful. Yep. Right? And he's had a horrid time, just a terrible injury, and they bring him back. Mm-hmm. Probably, can you imagine Clarko doing it mm. in China? Yep. Well, wait, can you imagine? We don't go to China. So no. can you imagine Clarko doing it in Western Australia, bringing, <laughs> bringing him back in Western Australia? I mean, it's a, it's a long trip, right? You've got to yeah. come back on the fly. I That's mean, right. He's, he's obviously going to be hampered with his recovery anyway. Yep. Um. Does that happen at all, do you think? For Hawthorne? Yeah, the medical no. staff are going to tick that off? No, absolutely not. And now he's broken his leg and he's in China 
Well, I just mean, how many like signs do you need from the universe it's to just... say that this China game's a bad idea? Oh, you think you should um, just... pick, pick up on the Feng Shui and just go on? <laughs> That's right. Just scrap it. Hang on. What number's Jerangiri? Is he a four or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. See, I'd love to have the answer for you listeners, but I just don't care about St. Kilda enough. Like you, like many of many of the people following this game of ours, just don't care about the Saints. <laughs> what a pathetic club. <laughs> well, you're close with number four. He's number 14. There it is. It's at least got a four on his back. <laughs> One away from 13. God knows how, lo- how bad it would have been then. <laughs> anyway, what are we doing next week? Because there's no footy, so... Yep. It's the buy. We're going to have a bit of a, you know, surprise packet of a pod. We're welcome to ideas. <laughs> oh, well, we got nothing. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to imply that. We're, no, we're I, at the bottom of the barrel, are we? Is this it? <laughs> I think one thing we are going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to open up the um, Hawk Talk report card. Are we? Yep, on each player and and see where everyone's at for the year. And give oh, that'll be takes. good. How are we going to divide them up? No, I think we just go one by one and we each give our takes because I trust that we're going to disagree with one one another on, on some players. Absolutely, just like we disagree on Facebook. <laughs> Have you seen some of the comments? My goodness. Not on ours. Well, not on our page, no, yeah, but on other have... other pages, it's yeah. ridiculous. No, I was going to say, our, our page, uh, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod, it's full of, you know... Really civil, nice, lovely listeners. And it's amazing once you step outside that bubble, just how vicious it can actually get. Yeah. Yeah, I was quite shocked, to be <laughs> honest. But anyway, I haven't been on there long. I'm sure there's worse. <laughs> there is worse. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to do a bit of a Hawk Talk podcast report card for all of the players. And, uh, well, I mean, we can keep some stuff up our sleeves, can't we, Tiz, for the, for the buy round episode? Oh, it'll be good. Uh, we enjoyed it last year. With our Hawthorne making finals for the first time episode. Oh, this is one of the classics. <laughs> that is one of the classic Hawk Talk podcast episodes. In fact, since it is the buy and there's no footy going on, if you do want to track that one down, it is well worth a listen. Uh, you can find us on iTunes to do that. Rate and review us there. As I said, 156 ratings, which is awesome. We thank you so much for that. Uh, Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod and uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Yeah, and uh, there's reason to be bright about Hawthorne's future. I can see a premiership in possibly 2020, 2021, 2022. It's on the cards. If you just shift your expectations, and this is really difficult to do, if you just shift your expectations to it being more long-term, and as Tiz said, thinking about 2020 and beyond, it's going to be a lot easier. And I know that's hard to do when you're up by about 30 points at quarter time and you can smell the win coming. You're like, this is a victory on the cards here. And when it gets and pulled away from you... And you're five games and you think, gee, we might just sneak into the eight. <laughs> when, you, when it gets pulled away from you, it becomes very difficult. But I assure listeners that there's a lot to look forward to. And step number one for, for all of our fans is to start looking forward that far ahead. Now, you've got to remember that the beauty is in the struggle, Nick. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we won the premierships? And you have that euphoria for about five minutes... <laughs> Before and everything then, resets again. No, and then you feel that relief mm. that the players speak of. Yeah. Right? And then you think, well, we've got to do this all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and the media come for you and they tell you, you know, how did they actually win this? They weren't favourites, yep. etc. No. The best parts are when Buddy kicks his first goal from the boundary line. Mm. Or when Ruffy finally leaps over the pack and takes that first mark. Mm-hmm. Or when Cyril kicks that one from the from the boundary line with four, Tigers including players. including Matthew Richardson <laughs> watching him do it. That's the yep. kind of spark that that will begin the next premiership. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll find the storylines, the yep. long arching and they're the they're the best part. When you go win-loss, win-loss, and it's as frustrating as it is, it's hard to see the seeds being sown sometimes, but they are. are. It's happening. Something is happening with this group. It'll take some time. There's some belief there, too, between these boys. Mm -hmm. There's some very good friendships between Warple and and, uh, Nash and Lewis and Jones, who hasn't hasn't debuted yet, but I think that's in the wings. Think about where we sit as a supporter base as well. It's... (laughs) 
we're enduring frustration because we have hope. And that's not such a bad position to be in. Because look, if you look at a team like Carlton... My position is every premiership is Hawthorne's to lose. And... <laughs> <laughs> well said Yeah And uh, especially with Clarko around You get the feeling that something could happen Well you, you look at Carlton alright They don't even have Their fans don't even have frustration It is just Everything's doomed all the time They don't rock up thinking We're a chance here hey, This is I had this thought on Saturday night mm. no, Sunday night sorry Having watched Melbourne lose <laughs> And then Carlton get pummeled mm. Which would you rather be Given mm. the choice between the two, a Carlton supporter or a Melbourne supporter? I think I'll just stop following AFL. I'm pretty sure a lot of them will. <laughs> They're already up the snow. Actually, I heard um, I heard there's some good deals on uh, trips away during September. Oh, yeah? If you're interested. It still hurts me to hear that, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and that's the hope, Tiz. That's the hope, that niggling hope that won't go away. Nah, the, the AFL have really done, us a, done a number on, on us with the fixture. You have a look at the fixture that uh, Frio's got. Mm. Geelong, wow. I'm just glad, speaking of Geelong, after how many times they got a let off at the tribunal, or the MRP, sorry. Hawkins got off again. Unbelievable. Yeah, again. Head high contact. How many times? How many times can they be cited for for (sighs) virtually no sanction, apart from Ablett, who who only got one week? She's back next week. But they finally came through for us with the Sicily thing. (laughs) Finally. I think that's the, the first time I've been actually... A, surprised, but B, happy with the AFL this year. <laughs> is that a good thing to take us into the bye? Oh, <laughs> is that sure. a good note I, to leave I would on? say that next week is an extravaganza of uplift and happiness <laughs> in the light of me having wasted all that dosh going to Brisbane to watch us lose again. And I promise it's not a curse. But you are going to go to Canberra. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's all right, listeners. I'm going with him. Caravan of Hawk Talk out. Pod is off to Canberra. <laughs> Plenty to look forward to here on the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. And everything's going to be all right. We grew up with a list full of stars. With icons like the kid, Piggy, and Darren Pritchard. The club rooms were big parties. Everyone was there. We hung out with folks like Lethal, Hutto, Dipper, jeans, that's rare air. The league's safe now, there's fewer stars in all these packs. And from the stand, I can tell that Clarko won't let go, he can't relax. And just before the media hangs him out to dry, I sing to him and our listeners. This lullaby. Everything's gonna be alright. Close by. Close by. Everything's gonna be alright. Close by. Close by.